We the bestest cast with the left twist. Fat, fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Uh, yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. Uh. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List for Fox Trying to Get Down. White Sox, Dave, Kenny Carkey, and Dante. And I'm already tired of this fu- these fucking kids, dude. I miss Kenny. I miss Kenny so much. I wouldn't say I miss him, but uh, I don't appreciate that he gets to use this as, as an excuse to get out yeah. of obligations that are more important than raising children. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he could have been here for this. I, I, I'll take the airplay. I'll be honest yeah, with you. Well, instead of Kenny, we have Jimmy Ivan, the drummer of Fox, trying to get down. Jimmy, how are you, buddy? I'm all right. I'm exhausted. How are you? Yeah, fucking join the club, like I said before we started here. We got uh, clubs. The uh, the final member here today who just got back from a dinner with Rob Gronkowski. No fucking big deal. Big flex. Dante. Dante, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm also kind of annoyed by Kenny. Um, it was his choice to have these kids. So it's not like they fell into his lap. He right. He decided to impregnate his wife with his super sperm and give her not one but two <laughs> kids double the double the fun double the work so cry me a river man that's what i'm saying dude get your ass back to work what are we fucking doing here yeah it's not it's not your guys's fault that he knocked her up like what the hell why do you guys gotta suffer that's what i'm saying dude i haven't seen kenny in weeks i miss this motherfucker but thankfully we do have jimmy here and we had a lot to talk about but we are drafting we haven't done a green room picks in a while we are drafting our ultimate band you get one singer, one guitar player, one bass player, and one drummer from any band ever to form a four-piece super band. I'm really excited about this. We've never done this specifically before. We've never done a snake draft a la fucking Barstool Chicago, but I'm really excited to get into this. We're going to we're gonna pick the order shortly, uh, but there's a lot to talk about that's gone over the past week. Dave, I promise you, I'm not going to talk about Elton John. I swear to God. Go ahead. I didn't do anything wrong. They no, won't I'm fucking tired of hearing about it. This is exactly what happened. This is going to be the shortest amount of words to describe the situation. Everybody saw the email that was sent. It said, hey, got a suite for Elton John. Currently one ticket until further notice. Let me know, like, who's in. Carl responded first, and I thought the ticket was gone. I had tickets to the Windy City Smokeout anyways, so I didn't plan on going, but I didn't think a response was necessary. Fast forward to Thursday. Uh, Portnoy texts me asking why if I responded to the original email and I said no I couldn't go anyways and he goes why didn't you just respond I said Carl responded and he goes he goes what like everybody else responded so as because everybody else responded and I thought there might have been a game time rep that like the ticket brokerage that we work with I thought that they might have gotten the seat and I, they were like getting a head count in case extra tickets popped up. I responded. I opened my computer real quick and I accidentally only replied to Carl. I'm out for Elton John. And it turned into a huge fucking deal. And people are worried. It wasn't like a work thing. People are like, oh, you're skipping work for person. That wasn't a work thing. There was no cameras going or anything. I had Go ahead, Dante. going on. Go ahead, Dante. I have a little wrinkle to this whole story, but. Of course, no one fucking ever asks my opinion on anything because they they just think I don't know what the fuck's going on. But uh, Eddie purposely doesn't ask my opinion on shit because 
he knows the truth. I know, I know way too much about everything. So true. Perfect fucking Barstool Chicago fiasco example that is just so blown out of proportion. We, I was in there last week. I recorded with Ed and Chief on Tuesday, I believe. And I was in and out. I was in Chicago for one day. We did a dog walk recording and I had to leave the next morning. And Eddie's asking me, he's like, yo, I got to go to New York next week. I got um, a surviving bar stool, but I have a conundrum. He goes, I got invited. What are you telling me? Never mind. I thought you couldn't say he was on the cast, but everybody knows he was already. Yeah, everyone knows he's on the cast. So yeah. he's like, I got invited to see Morgan Wallen in Atlantic City with Marty and Glenny and a few other people. He goes, but I also got invited to Swedish House Mafia back here in Chicago the same night. So we're talking this Saturday. And I was like, oh, I'm actually going to New York tomorrow. Shout out Game Time app to see them at Madison Square Garden. This is last week. And he's like, oh, it's going to be sick, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, are you going to be back here this weekend? And I said, yeah, I'm coming back Saturday because I have to play Smoke Out, which Dave is talking about. Uh, I had a DJ right before Sam Hunt went on. And he's like, oh, you're not going to be here Friday? No, I got to be in Cleveland. Um, we have a big show. Um, I have, who the fuck did I have? So big, he doesn't even remember. I can't remember. Huge. So, um, so I, I said, why? He goes, Portnoy's coming in and we got a suite to Elton John. And he's like, I think he's going to, like reach out to you and invite you. And I was like, oh, that sucks. Like I can't, I can't go anyways. I'm not going to be here, but that's going to be fucking unbelievable. But if I'm going to see Elton John at Soldier Field, I don't think I want to see him in a suite. And Ed's like, yeah, I know, but you know, Dave doesn't want to be out with like peasants or whatever. So, <laughs> so Dave texts me like two hours later because Ed probably told him, yo, I spilled the beans to Dante. But he had to have told him that I couldn't go. So Dave hit me up and goes, hey, not sure if Ed told you, but I have a suite telling John on Friday, you want to come? No, I'm not going to be in town. Thanks for the invite. Who else is going? He's like, uh, the whole office. He's like, you're going to be like the odd man out or whatever. I was like, oh, I'll be back Saturday. I'll be at like the Barstool Bar event, blah, 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 blah. So then he sends out this email to the company and I think he limited he added the like plus one thing because he didn't want everyone he didn't want like like no offense Dave you're notorious for bringing like random chicks that to like awesome events that you never speak to again that's the day after uh Bears Eagles playoff game I I care to so I'm notorious for it, and it happened one time with the girl. No, but... you no, you do you do it a bunch. You like you like oh, birds. Bring, you like to bring sand to the beach. So I think that's where <laughs> I think that's where it was where it was born. But yes, Carl jumped all over it and was like, "I got it. It's mine." I thought the same thing when I read it as you did, and I didn't blame you one bit. But the fact that everyone blew it out of fucking proportion, like exactly. they did. Exactly. If it was anyone else, if that was if that was Chief, no one would have no, said I know. Word. Portnoy no knows how to do it. 
Portnoy knows how to dig and get under my skin for sure. And here's, there's the other thing. Like here's, here's a perfect example of what you just said. So I'm not a soccer fan at all. I don't know the first fucking thing about it, but, um, <laughs> jump off, jump off FaceTime. I don't know. the number. I don't know. It's the, it's the Chicago fire calling you to be a fan. 1130 1130 at night on a Wednesday. Stop it. Like, would you would you say about soccer, you motherfucker? So it was the English Premier League, something, something, something this weekend. I don't know, something like that. And Molly and Patty are big soccer fans, being from Britain and everything, the two UFC fighters we work with. And so Chiefs like, uh, if they want to go to uh a uh a, like to go watch the soccer games out at a bar, like I don't mind bringing them to one. And Portnoy responded, can anybody tell Chief that we got a bar on Saturday? And like that, that's, so it had exactly what you just described happened to Chief and he didn't say a word about it. And I thought that was way more egregious than what I said. Yeah, but Dave, you put asses in the seats, dude. I know people like to poke the bear, which is fine. I can handle it. But like. When you poke the bear, at least know what you're talking about. Like then it bled into the whole Carl shit, which I don't even want to get into again. But like now, the all these people on the internet are like psychoanalyzing me. Like, oh, does he have a drinking problem? I was like, what the fuck are you people talking about? You psychos. Fuck them. Who gives a shit? So fuck them. Fuck them all. You guys did want to go into a concert. How was the Windy City Smokeout? Willie Nelson was great. Uh, I, missed, I missed it Thursday and Friday, but you went and you saw Willie Nelson and Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw was great. I literally could like hop on stage and pinch his ass and get off and probably get away. <laughs> I was literally five feet from him. Dude, how hot is Tim McGraw? <laughs> he looked really fucking good for 55 years old. I'm not going to lie. Hot, dude, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what he's eating, <laughs> what he's sticking in his ass, but... He is like fucking short. Dave's video, I was like, Jesus, that guy is fucking. Yeah, do you like that little troll I had? I do like that. You're speaking of hot dudes. You opened up for Sam Hunt. How was that? Um. <laughs> uh oh. Nailed it. It was Waiting. so. It was so fucking sweltering. Oh my god, dude. dude! This is what I. This is what I told someone the other day. I was so disgustingly sweaty. And I didn't care at all because everybody there, it could have been a, a perfect 10 model of it. Everybody was soaked head to toe in sweat. Gross. My, uh, my so mixer, gross. when I went to start, my mixer was overheated. So it wouldn't fucking, it wouldn't start. No. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. They just left it like baking in the sun all day. Um, so it wasn't smart. So we had to put like some fans on it. That, so that was a rough start, but. There is no shit, there is no shittier feeling than getting on stage and something doesn't work. You yeah. know what, man? I was I was kind of just like last year I was super you can ask Dave. Like I was like shitting my pants last year and we were just coming out of COVID. I hadn't played a gig period in so long, never mind in front of like 30,000 people. So I was freaking out. I was super nervous last year. This year I was just like you know, whatever it fucking is what it is. And then when I got up there, I played like three sets. They, they originally had me scheduled for two, but I showed up there and they're like, Hey, we need you to play 
before uh, Mackenzie Porter or whatever, who is a badass, by the way. Um, you guys heard of her? No. Mm. Awesome. She did a lot of covers, but is it? Uh, is this, played, is this was this all country? Yeah. She, okay. She plays violin. Um, oh. And sings. Oh, oh, I do know her. Badass. Blonde, yeah. blonde chick. She's got a great. She's got a great yes. band. Yeah, she was awesome. So I played before her too, and um, that's when like the mixer shit out. But they had me turn down so low this year. The production company, I think they thought that I was just like one of these like clown. No offense to the other DJs they had there, but I think they thought I was just like a like a promoter or background filler or whatever. They had me turn down so low that people couldn't really tell I was on the first set. So I was just like, whatever, man, this is, this is what it is. So my second and third sets were, I just like, I just had fun and didn't give a fuck up there. But um, yeah, Sam Hunt just ripped it. Uh, very impressed. I've seen him twice now. The first time I saw him was when he first came out. He's way more polished now. You can tell he's got a ton of shows under his belt. He just had like the crowd on puppet strings. All the um, crowds were fucking drooling. Dude, you know what though, man? Honestly, not that up, Dante. No, I'm, I'm I'm being serious. Like, if I if I was gay, if I was into guys, Tim McGraw ten times out of ten over Sam Hunt. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing. Not, like, not even a contest. Not even a fucking Maybe. contest. All right, Jimmy. Welcome to the podcast. Would you rather bang Tim McGraw or Sam Hunt? <laughs> well. I know Tim McGraw more, so if I'm gonna have a more famous dick in my ass, then uh, it's gonna be Tim McGraw's. <laughs> Hell yeah! Welcome to the pod, Jim. Uh, no, the Windy City Smokeout looked awesome, but I, I wanted to bring up something, Dante. You saw Swedish House Mafia last week, and you wrote a great yeah, blog. About it. But I have to ask you a question. I've been seeing this a lot online. Is it true they're canceling shows because they're not selling tickets? Yeah, it's really fucked up. Um, so I went to New York be- for two reasons. One because they played there 10 years ago and it was like the most epic fucking EDM set of all time. Like they brought everyone out that was featured on their songs. They did this like cold play bootleg that is like historic. So I missed that show 10 years ago and I swore to myself, if these fucking guys ever play Madison square garden again, I'm going. So they announced the show. I was like, I'm, I'm going the guys from game time. Hooked it up big time. Uh, I took my GM from forward, Mitch, out there with me. We had an unbelievable dinner at Emilio's Bellato. You ever heard of this place? No. Holy shit, man. It's in Soho. I've been hearing about it for a while, but I never really took it serious. And we we went there. There's no reservations. This fucking old guy sits outside on a chair like Slater (laughs) sits on a chair and people line up, start lining up at like five o'clock. And he like basically decides like, okay, you guys, how many? Four? Okay. You go in. And it's like a process. You sit out there and wait and wait and wait and hope you get picked, which is kind of fucked up. But Gaz's boy who I met through him down in Miami knows Emilio, the son. 
So he was like, I can get you in there. So he got us in there. Fucking food was unbelievable. Like one of the best meals I've had in the United States. It was unbelievable. So we left from there, go to the show. And uh, it was it was awesome. But yeah, I would have loved to see him in Chicago this weekend. But I'm in, I'm in Cleveland. I got MGK's after party. And I wanted to see them in Boston or Detroit because Detroit's close to Chicago, but they canceled both those shows. They canceled the Tuesday Madison Square Garden show. So this tour went from, I think, like 30 dates to like 12 dates real quick. And it's because they're, yeah, they're just not selling. Like I heard Boston sold like 4,000 tickets for the Garden. This is what I was going to say. So I've seen a lot of bands. I just noticed this online this week. A lot of really big artists are doing these weird TikTok videos and videos on Instagram where they're talking about how their management, like Judah and the Lion, who are a really big alternative band, yeah. posted a video and they were like, we fucking hate social media, but we need to sell tickets. Our management's telling us we need to sell more tickets. So we're doing this stupid video, which I thought was funny to like just lay it out there being like, we're fucking struggling. Here's what I'm supposed to do. Please help, basically. And in my head, I'm thinking to myself, like, remember when shows first started coming back? I kept saying I'm having this weird thing where I feel very anxious about playing shows because I don't know how people are going to react. And I think a lot of these bands that didn't do shit during COVID and then just banked on the fact that when they came back, they were going to have the same heat as when they went in were wrong. And I think a lot of people are seeing now, like, holy fuck, things have changed. And I think that's what's fucking important about this podcast is we're actually talking about different ways that artists can do things, right? And that brings me to the conversation we're going to have in this podcast. Uh, Tyler Boone, he's a musician. He owns beer companies, liquor companies, all these different things. He also owns a company called The Artist Formula that does playlisting and helps you grow your fucking Spotify organically. But he owns all these playlists and stuff. And it's a really great tool to help artists grow their shit and get to more people. And we're going to have them on to talk about this service, and we're going to guinea pig it out. We're going to add one of our songs to their playlist and see what happens. So I want to, like, use this as an opportunity to let Tyler come on, describe what's going on, why he's doing it, and then we're going to kind of see the results from what we do. But I've seen a lot of artists going through this right now, and it's fucking wild. And, Jim, I don't know how you feel, Jim, but, like, it's not fair. Everything we've done since COVID has been kind of big, so it's not fair. But did you feel fucking nervous? Remember when we were going to do Underground Arts and I was like, God, I'm so fucking nervous about this. Yeah, I mean, well, our first show back was in, like, w- like one of the biggest places that we could play around our hometown. So, like, I mean, I'll still call it the Tweeter Center until the day I die. But, like, at BB&T Pavilion, I think it has a different name now. Yeah, but, Pavilion. uh, whatever. See? <laughs> I can't keep up. But, like, to come out onto a stage like that as your first show back from COVID, and sure, it wasn't like we were the opening band, so it wasn't, like, as grand as it could be, but it was still, like, very nerve-wracking. And then playing Underground Arts, like, the the show that we're going to have people there and sell out, you know what I mean, was also very, very nervous because you don't know if the people are going to be there. You don't know where you're going to go out to crickets or you're going to go out to the people, like, being there. And luckily enough, we had people there, but uh, I can imagine, like, who knows what's going to happen. And and you can't ex- expect what you did in 2018 to dictate what you're going to do in 2021, because it's a different time. And I don't know if people are still nervous because of uh, COVID or monkeypox or anything, or if they're just 
not ready to go back out or they so, don't want to or so should we do that it, it, it or, or it, should it be a streamed concert or streaming concert's going to be a well, new no thing? not not the covid thing but it, the same rules don't apply so i talked to a bunch of people in the in the industry like the electronic music industry and i was like how if these guys aren't fucking selling tickets how is anyone selling tickets and they said the problem believe it or not is these guys broke up 10 years ago they announced a reunion and then they dropped what is essentially like a pop album they completely veered off you know they did these songs with the weekend and future and their core fucking diehard fans are house music fans they're not yeah. pop edm fans dave talk control your it's a random number i guarantee it's some fucking loser from the control your host <laughs> it's not true <laughs> i'll get the fucking number out is that a FaceTime? see it i looked up the, the FaceTime. it's no so put them on Put so them on. A, Answer. Yeah, them on. I'm that's not doing it because then to. someone thinks they have my number, and then my number, I got to change it eventually. Well, Dante, Dante, like, I would love to see Swedish House Mafia. Like, I would love to go to Madison Square Garden, are you kidding me, and see Swedish House Mafia. But the fact that they can't even, like, they can't sell tickets to that, 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 for me, that's wild. So, because I'd buy a ticket to that. So the show was, it was, it was awesome, but, because, it wasn't what it was. Because of the visuals and the effects, it was awesome. It was like nothing I'd ever seen before. It was like I was watching reverse engineered alien technology from 10 years in the future. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not joking. Like I know, but it's, it's funny stuff. <laughs> lasers in these lights, I've never fucking seen like the, the capability that they had. They had pyro going off. I haven't seen a, a concert in i can't remember how long that didn't have co2 they used no co2 at all which was pretty cool that's dope. um i mean visually it was unbelievable musically it was and eh, it was all right it wasn't bad but i expected a lot more but then colin then we have like the inverse with we were just bitching a few weeks ago about springsteen like you can't get fucking tickets to a show for under four figures and it's like yeah well that's so, another thing well, so, so wait, like, this, this is something that, that Kenny, fucking the guy who used to be on this podcast and now is God rest his soul. God um, rest his soul. He brought up, right? And it reminds like, the Judah and the Lion thing. This is kind of like what I, I think this all comes back to. Bands like that that like were breaking before COVID and then they stopped because of COVID and they didn't, they couldn't capitalize on that, but also just didn't. They just stopped moving. They might not ever get that momentum back. Probably won't. But when it comes to a, a group like Swedish House Mafia, and there's been others, dude, there's been a lot of other bands that had to, to reroute, do things differently, and, and cancel tours because they weren't selling enough tickets. I think it is a fact that we're in a new world now. We are in a new music industry. This is not the same music industry before. What was hot then isn't hot now. And if you didn't take advantage of it, like I fucking, Jimmy, I said this to the band when we fucking first went to COVID. Some people are going to come out of this. Some people aren't, but it's not going to be the same. It'll never fucking be the same. You want to talk about Springsteen, that's another tour where it's it's fucking Bruce. It you know he's gonna sell out, but it's also the fact that he's I don't know how much longer he's gonna tour for. So people have that fervency. But even bands, people are really excited about. Like, I don't know, man. I think that some people really just fucking fumbled the bag. I do, and it's not even of any fault of their own necessarily. It was an act of God, but at the same time, 
I don't know that they ever get back. So. Yeah, I mean, nobody, nobody has a, nobody had a game plan. You can't. Nobody worked. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't, you obviously can't, but like, you, you still gotta like do something. I don't know. Like, I mean, this podcast wouldn't be a thing if you weren't still doing something under the Fon Foxtrot moniker. You know what I mean? Like, we survived solely because you started talking on a microphone with some weirdos from Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's like, like either you know stop or just fucking talk for a thousand hours and hope it works out um but yeah so i just found that interesting uh only thing i have else besides this uh before we get into the draft here kanye mm. um <laughs> i see a lot of people online saying that he's taking the shit too far and all that and look is he a weird guy yeah but i don't pete davidson poked the bear in dave's words Pete, Pete Davidson took it fucking too far. So, yes. yeah, like texting a guy, yo, I'm in bed with your girl. Yo, I'm getting fucking your kids' names tattooed on it. Like, he took it fucking too far, dude. Everyone, yeah, everyone can suck it. He's a comedian. No, I don't. No, I agree, though. He, he was a little much. Fucking weirdo, dude. A little much. Snake in the grass. Weirdo. Dude, how about the, the fucking Instagram post and in small print at the bottom, he just wrote Kid Cudi was going to play the funeral but was fearful of bottle throwers. That was that was over the line. But the that was a lot, yeah. Look, I was like tail between my legs last time with the Kanye stuff with, with the Cudi thing because I really do think he was in the wrong there. I don't know. I, he won this one. That was fucking hilarious. And anybody who thinks, dude, I saw like an article from some fucking blue checkmark weirdo who was like, Kanye's gone too far with Pete Davidson because of his issue. Fuck you. First off, he is so all, petty. It's unbelievable. It's all fake bull. It's all fake Hollywood. Dave, Dave, you had to have come around on him and, and love him now after seeing just how petty this fucking guy is. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I mean, admit it. I, admit I, it. there are part of me does enjoy that from watching <laughs> it from a distance, I <laughs> but I wouldn't say. I like him because of it. I, I like seeing the train wreck. That's all it is. <laughs> all right. Well, that's I've I've talked enough about Kanye this week. We don't have any music to talk about. Uh, I'll mention two things that I like. Two things that just dropped are two things that I'm listening to right now. Uh, but the new 1975 stuff, all produced by Jack Antonoff of Bleachers. He's done all like Lord uh, Taylor Swift's records. The new 1975 shit is really cool. Love that. Where band. yo? Where did he clone himself? Where's he fucking finding all his time? He's also been touring a lot. I know. Like this uh, year. I'll be honest. I'm tired of Jack Antonoff slightly. Um, yeah, same. But I love the 1975, and I like that record. I like what they're doing with their horns. I like that a lot. The other thing, and this is a funny thing, uh, Logic, the rapper that everybody loves the shit on. for no, like He's one of those people that get, gets called corny for no reason, in my opinion. Uh, he put up He's his- corny. No, I don't right. know. I'm just Fuck my balls, Jim. You don't even know who I'm talking about, probably. Um, no, I know logic. <laughs> but the new he rap- looks just like Dave Silver. <laughs> he does, actually. <laughs> um, he's got the new album called Vinyl Days, which is absolutely outstanding. Um, good? Really fucking good. Really nice. Good. I haven't listened to it yet. It's all boom bap shit. It's all samples. He produced everything. There's a lot of good features on it. Uh, and he also, he has, like, a last call outro, which is, like, nine minutes long, where he's just talking about Def Jam and fucking them. Like, basically being like, I'm done on this label. Fuck you. Thank you for everything, but I'm gone. Um, and the last thing, there's a new record coming out. 
it's Danger Mouse. Danger Mouse obviously produced Gnarls Barkley, Black Keys. Uh, I fucking love Danger Mouse, man. I still stand behind him. Full album with Black Thought from the Roots. No. And it's fucking gnarly. They dropped the first single with Run the Jewels this week. And it's fucking insane. John Yo, can we can we talk about him and like how I mean he came from absolute obscurity and dropped that Jay-Z Beatles gray album out of nowhere and Jay-Z and Paul McCartney were both like, this is the, one of the greatest things we've ever heard. And instead of like suing the fuck out of him for copyright infringement, they like promoted it and he became legendary. And then all of a sudden he shifted into producing and he gets to work with some of the fucking coolest artists Dude, on the planet now. Dave, have you ever Danger heard of the album? I'm sorry. I was, I was recruiting really quick. What are you recruiting? Uh, lead singer <laughs> to my band. <laughs> Everyone Stone's top 100 list up right now. My bad. I wasn't even paying attention to the question. No, uh, have you ever heard of the Gray album by Danger Mouse? I don't believe so. This it's is like all, it, neither all, neither like, have I, but I love Danger Mouse. Well, so, Dave, I don't think Dave likes the Beatles, so I don't think he would like it. Dave, do you I like the Beatles or am I wrong? I don't go out of my way to listen to the Beatles ever. Yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't think you'd like Beatles, it, but so you've heard every song. So what he did is he took remember the Jay-Z Linkin Park album? Yes. It was before this. He took the Black album and the White album, Jay-Z's Black album, the Beatles' White album, and he mashed them up, all the songs. No way. Really? Dude, it is... gold. It is... What? It's a masterpiece. And I'm telling you, when it came out, everyone was like, this is fire, this is fire. And Jay-Z and Paul McCartney were both like, this is one of the best things we've ever heard and instead of like lobbying to have it taken down they promoted it and it blew up danger mouse became like a household name and then Gnarls barkley comes out yeah Gnarls and then barkley. he started working with all these mega artists Gnarls barkley u2 he did a u2 record did he really uh, did broken he bells yeah broken wow bells. broken, broken wait, bells was wait, dope, on, dude. Let me back up for a second so so paul mccartney and jay-z they you said they lobbied to get it all taken down because i was no instead of no instead of, no, instead of yeah. like this okay. is unbelievable i thought i all right so what no they loved it that a co-sign from those two that's how good it is okay you know yeah i understand like, what you're saying are you kidding me a co-sign from fucking paul mccartney well it's a it's a bmg release and John Bova, who is uh, become a friend of the podcast, he 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 like helps run BMG, one of the biggest record labels in the world. DM'd the podcast and was like, "Yo, we're doing this record. I'm trying to get John on. I want to talk to him about what the fuck they have going on over there." But it's dude, listen to the first single. ASAP Rocky's on the first single too. It's fucking sick. Really? So it's so it's 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 Danger Mouse and who? Black Thought from the Roots. Yeah. All right. I'm in. I'm in. Uh, let's get in to the green room pick section, our draft. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is, if you're a Barcelona Chicago fan, this is a snake draft. So I have the order here. I randomly generated it, and I'm not first, so you know I wasn't cheating. Uh, but, uh, Jimmy, are you familiar with the snake draft, how it goes? So it goes yeah, yeah, last goes first in the second round. Yeah, I get it. Um, so we need to pick a lead singer, a guitar player, a bass player, and a drummer. Not and in that order, right? Not, not in, in that order. order? In any order you want. That's what um, I'm talking about. You can't pick over each other. Everybody has to have completely different lists. Um, okay. So the order here, Dante's first 1-1. One, one. Then Jimmy. Yeah! 
then Dave. So Dante, you have the one-one pick. I'm keeping track over here. Who do you got? I'm gonna go singer, Freddie Mercury. Okay. Oh, solid pick. Freddie Mercury. That's a good pick, man. You know how many octaves that man has? Yeah, but I mean, see, here's my thought on this is are you building a band of a specific sound or are you just picking? I am. I absolutely am. I um I I subscribe to the Bill Belichick school <laughs> of uh you take the best talent available and you find a way to to make them work rather than there you go. rather than draft by position. Well, so you're either going to pick the best talent available or a white wide receiver in the fourth round. <laughs> uh, okay, so Freddie Mercury, 1-1 one, one off the board. Jimmy, you're up next. Who are you taking? I'm taking yours, Colin. I'm taking your bassist. Who? Thunder Thundercat. Motherfucker, you taking Thunder? <laughs> you could have got that way later in the draft, dude. I, no, I could not have. I, th- I didn't think he was player. a... Dude, every every other person I got in my fucking band is asleep. So right. I I figured I should just. <laughs> All right. So for those of you who don't know Thundercat, one of the greatest living bass players, um, absolutely absolute hammer, dude, hammer, unbelievable. If you, if you just go watch videos of Thundercat, and get your fucking mind blown. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a singer and a bass player off the board. I think it's a good pick, Jim, but I think he went too early. Um, no, the... well, mm-hmm. I got sleepers. My uh, my one one off the board. So yeah, I'm picking Jimmy Page. Uh, I'm picking him for this reason. He's been in a four-piece band his entire career. He's the best electric guitar player, one of the best electric guitar players, one of the best acoustic guitar players. And therefore, I think he can fit in any band that I, I put him into. So I feel like I just thought he was going to go early. I thought I'd get him off the board. Uh, but Jimmy Page is my 1-1. One, one. Dave, who is your 1-1? One, one? Uh, I'm going with Tommy Lee. I'm more. Hey, I'm not drafting on on. <laughs> Or how good they sound, or anything like that. I am going with the most oddball crew possible. Oh, you're so you're getting weird. Mm-hmm. Tommy Lee's a great drummer. Let's not get oh, it twisted. Tommy, of course he is. No, he is so he's really good at drumming. If you listen to like you can listen to Motley Crew and listen to all that shit and be like, all right, they had a drummer, but like Tommy Lee, like he can fucking drum. If you like listen to his solos where he's flipping over on a goddamn. Like, God, like, he can drum his ass off. Like, I, I respect the shit out of that, Dave. That's a good pick. I like it. Uh, Dave, okay, then uh, <laughs> go with the second pick. Uh, next pick, I'm going to go guitarist. I'm going B.B. King. <laughs> oh. We're going to see how much dick can be sling with, slung with my first two picks. I think B.B. King's got, like, 40 kids. Probably <laughs> There's so much hammer in this band right now. All right, Colin, what's your what's your? I mean, you uh, don't even have anything to say to that. That's a fucking awesome pick. Without BB King, love, there's no. I love BB King. I fucking love BB. I'm just imagining BB King and, and Tommy Lee in the same. Band. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. A blues and hair metal mixed together is yeah. The concoction, uh, Colin, okay. you're up. Okay, uh, then I will take. <laughs> Maybe I should just do what I was thinking. Nah, I'm not sure. <laughs> Uh, I will go the other half of the Led Zeppelin battery. I'm going John Bottom. Uh, John Bottom is my my drummer. Uh, fuck, fuck you. you. What about his no, fuck Led Zeppelin? I just fucking went straight Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah, you just make your entire dream band Led Zeppelin. What do I need to tell you right now? John Bottom is the heaviest drummer. He's the fucking god. He's my favorite drummer of all time. I didn't think he would last past the first round. 
but yeah, John Bonham, heavy hands, fucking just it's fucking John Bonham, R.I.P. Uh, John Bonham's my drummer. Dude, the, uh, the drum solo in Fool in the Rain is just my favorite fucking drum solo. Oh my god, dude, I'm with you. Technically perfect, um, but just feeling when the Levy breaks intro, just it's fucking John Bonham, dude. Yep. Um, okay, Jimmy, your second pick. All right, so I'm going for a fucking full band with the fucking full sound. Okay, I'm I played this right, so I'm gonna go my singer next, Amy Winehouse. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I like. Can that you can you imagine Thundercat playing bass for Amy Winehouse? Jimmy, this is a fucking weird list, and I like it. Well, wait till wait till it ends, baby. You know, I got a couple of back burners that you're not even gonna know. Wow. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Holy shit. Dante. Uh, Dante. Guitarist slash my guy. I like that. Watching him up close last summer was like a holy experience. That was about a year ago. Probably yeah. about to this day. That it's was like, a great, that was a great fucking show. Even with Axel's voice like at 25%, it was that was still an awesome show. Holy shit. That's a good one. That's a like really it. good one. I see the thing is, dude, like Slash is a chalk, like a chalk pick in my opinion. But if you if you think literally about no one has his tone, no one can do what he does. Like he has a very particular style. I fucking love Guns N' Roses. I love Velvet Un- or was it uh Velvet Revolver? The band Velvet band. Revolver, yeah. Rape it. Slash is the fucking man. I was Slash for Halloween one year. Yeah, but you could you could you could say the same thing about Tommy. Like to defend Dave, I don't know why the fuck I'm defending Dave, but like to defend Dave, like you can say the same thing about Tommy Lee. That's like a great pick because Tommy Lee was one of the best drummers in that hair metal scene. Like he had skills. He also has like he's hog. he. But he also I mean he also has hog. But like the reason Travis Barker does most of the things he does in concert is because of Tommy Lee. It's I mean, and Travis Barker is, you know, everybody's favorite fucking drummer right now. Uh, so, are you? You must be new here. Yeah, you're new to this podcast. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, no, no, no. And popularity wise, like you know, on everybody's album, right? Popular. I mean, I loved. I love. I, I'm a Blink One Eighty Two kid, so I liked them growing up. But like, because I'm a drummer and I'm a Blink One Eighty Two guy, right. but. But the fact that like uh, like he, what he does, like what Travis Barker does live is all because of Dave's drum pick. Exactly. Revolutionary. There you go. He's a revolution. Two revolutionaries in my band so far. All yeah. Right. Two... Dante, uh, wrap around your third pick. We are going to go. I think I'm going to go drummer. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be probably the pick of the draft here. Uh, Dave Grohl. Damn it. See, I love, <laughs> I love that because it's also backing vocals. I love yes, that. Exactly. Well, now I know where I have to go for drums. But <laughs> yeah. I gotta, I'm going into the backup. <laughs> Yo, but the, the Dave Grohl is a drummer. It's like, I don't know, it's legendary, whatever. And some people say, like, he's not that great of a drummer, dude. He hits him really hard. He's, he's fucking so- good. So fucking good, dude. I've been playing drums for 20 years. He's fucking good. <laughs> Leave it at that. Like, if you can take it from somebody, I know I'm not Kenny. I know I didn't have a kid or already. He's a fucking great drummer. 
One of the cool things I saw two Foo Fighter shows uh, back to back. Taylor said both shows uh, when they were doing like, you know, ad libs between songs or whatever, busting each other's balls. He said, do you guys know how fucking hard it is to be in a band, to be the drummer in a band where you're not even the best drummer? The best drummer? <laughs> Which is like hilarious. Because he, he was a fucking unbelievable drummer. But that's, that's, that's also, that's a Beatles story as well. Really? They asked, they, they asked like uh, John Lennon. They said, John, do you think Ringo Starr is the best drummer in the world? And he's like, he's not even the dr- best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> No way. Yeah, Paul, McCar- Paul McCartney is really good at drums. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like there's a there's a uh, an album they did. It's it's John Lennon. It's um a Paul McCartney, and it's like uh, Stevie Wonder, and they did like this live album. It's called a Snoot and a Tort because they were doing cocaine at the time, and they uh they they played basically like um just like a bunch of random like old classics but paul mccartney drums the entire time and let me tell you paul mccartney can play the fucking drums it's almost like when you when you hear the fact that jack white is a really good drummer that's it like it blows your mind because it's like he's a really good guitarist why would he be a good drummer but fucking paul mccartney's in the same vein it's like they both know it. like they just can pick up an instrument and just know how to fucking play it they're the they're those people you know what i mean well jim what's your, jim what's your third pick Oh, oh, am I up? Yeah. Oh, shit. All right. Well, I have Amy Winehouse and I have Thundercat. So, like, I'm doing pretty good here. I'm going to go John Frusciante for my guitar. Oh. I'm going to go John Frusciante. I'm building building a jazz funk house band. And I think I'm doing well. I mean, Frusciante is a god. Frusciante is so good. And I I feel like... Both, both. I'll take a, I'll take a little smith. I'll take Terrible. a, a oh, on heroin, on heroin. <laughs> I'd rather them on. Heroin. Terrible. But I, I'll, I'll take a boat. I'll take a little bit of both. But I, I feel like you thought I was going to take Jack White on my guitar. Hat. No, I and love I this. Deck. This band is fucking weird. Mine. Yeah. I the sounds that will come out of this band. I'm telling you, Colin. It's going to be mean, good. For Shanti, I was not expecting that. I like that pick a lot. I haven't picked a drummer yet. Is that shocking? That is a little shocking. You're going to go with something weirdo. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with my singer. And this is my sleeper. It's Nobody's going to take this. But I've long said on this podcast, it's my favorite singer ever. I'm going Phil Lynott from the band Thin Lizzy. Wow. It's my favorite voice of all time. I fucking love Phil Lynott. And I, now I'm like looking at my list. I'm picturing Phil Lynott fronting Led Zeppelin. Which is just a fucking <laughs> thought. But I mean, dude, just like a black Irish guy. If that um, chick don't want none, forget her. I love Thin Lizzy and I love Phil Linet. And I think he's criminally underrated. I think he's one of the coolest motherfuckers who ever lived. Um, so yeah, I'm going Phil Linet for my vocalist. Uh, Dave, you got two. Go ahead. Um, all right. I'll go with my vocalist. Um, I'm actually. Just for the sake of keeping it weird, let's go Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> and I only know like two of his songs. Great Balls of Fire? Yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Great Balls of Fire. Band with BB King. 
<laughs> Tommy Lee and Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis. Too many Lees, though. I like that. <laughs> you're, you're full of Lees Lee. right now. Hey. Lee King. Yo, I'll, I'll tell you what, though. Like, Jerry Lee Lewis could play the shit out of the piano. So, like. There we go. I was about to say that. That's a fun. That's a fun combo between BB King, the piano, and like you got a solid drummer behind you. So, you like that, Colin? It's incredible. Dude. And then for my bassist, this is actually a real pick. No, no. Oh yeah, you got two picks in a row. That's right. Go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna go Eric Wilson, dude. I gotta show you guys this video. Wave for Sublime. Yes. I, this is like a serious pick. If I was actually building band, he'd be like my bassist. I right? like. I like that. But I like it. I stumbled upon this video. This was back in college. So the video has been on YouTube for at least 12 years now. And um, it's him playing in the backyard at Sublime. Like it's an OG video from like the early 90s on one of the like over the shoulder camcorders. And it, you, it, I don't know if you guys know the song Even. It's not like one of their popular songs. Yeah. But oh, I, yeah. this fucking unbelievable uh, bass like the whole bass line is unbelievable. And then he has his bass riff and it just melts your fucking face off. And it's like, holy shit. And you, you could see he's just, his brain's not there. It just instinctively knows what to do. Like his eyes were just bugging the fuck out. Dude, Heroin. Yeah. Fuck- lots of it. I love that pick, dude. Yeah. It's just, that, that is, that is a bassist. I didn't think was going to come into play. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm going my list. He's pick, one of my white whales. Cause I watched the Sublime. Uh, what was the old VH1 show behind the behind the music? Behind the music. Uh, I remember watching this, and and on the show, he just like aired out not necessarily the bad stuff and illegal stuff, but stupid stories. Like they were at some, uh, they were at like a an, um, a record label or management team, someone's office, and they and they like they were on the tour bus, and they had the dog that was always on stage, Lou the Dalmatian. Yeah, Lou. Lou dog. Yeah, Lou dog. And um, they he told this story. He's like, we had a whole fucking like septic tank full of loose shit, and they just <laughs> emptied it on the front porch of this whatever it was, record label, whatever. So he has no problem like telling where the bodies are buried. And I think it'd be an awesome interview. We gotta make yeah, it yeah, dude. I'm I would love to hear movie. stories I'm, about Bradley. I'm I would band, sure. Um, my last pick. I'm going to bass player. Uh, I think Dave's going to like this one because I'm going to say the name and I don't think a lot of people are going to know who I'm talking about, but you'll know his record. Pino Palladino. Oh, that was my second basis sure. pick. Pino Palladino tours with the John Mayer trio. Yeah, 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 yeah. But let me rattle off some of the stuff that Pino has done because he's a every He plays bass for everybody. Uh, he came up, he started with Jeff Beck, Elton John, John Mayer, Don Henley, and B.B. King. And right. then when the uh, the new oh yeah I know I know exactly who yeah guy. yeah 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 when when John Entwistle died yep he was the who yeah he went he he was the basis for the who when John John Entwistle died Did but Dino, that. like that's the that's the thing though like John Entwistle was a fucking banging bassist and like he never destroyed an instrument like his house was covered in bass guitars because like everybody else destroyed their instruments in the who other than him and then. Dino Pal, Dino comes along, and he's a fucking G well, on so the bass guitar. One of my favorite eras of music was the Neo Soul of the late 90s. And he played bass on D'Angelo's records. No. He D'Angelo, he did Voodoo, Erica Badu. He did all those records. 
Pino Palladino is a fucking national treasure, and I'm kind of regretting. I love John Bonham. I wish I could have taken the other part of the trio and taken. Steve yeah, Jordan. John Paul Jones. No, Steve that's kind of like the J.R. Robinson for bass players. Yes, yeah, he's just. He's, yes, he's been on everything in a fucking Guinness Book of World Records, dude. I forgot about J.R. Robinson, dude. I wonder what that guy's doing. Who knows? No, you you don't you weren't there for that interview. Me and Dave, that guy is fucking interesting. Oh, yeah. He's like Forrest Gump. Yeah, he also loves the ladies. I'll say that much. Um, yeah. So Pino Palladino wraps mine up. So my band is Jimmy Page, John Bonham, Phil Linet, and Pino Palladino. I give That's a good band. Uh, Jimmy, rapid. Finally, Jimmy the drummer. Who's your drummer? So uh, it's going to be a weird one. Uh, Jason McGarry. Do you know who Jason McGarry is? No. Okay, so Death Cab for Cutie. It's their drummer. Really? Let me tell you. When if it, like you've heard Death Cab songs and stuff yeah. like that. Okay. As a drummer, when you listen to those songs, you say, How's he doing that? Like it's like he has three hands. You know what I mean? Like, so like some songs like I will possess your heart and shit like that. You're hearing it and you're like, all right, I can do some things that he's doing, but there's other things that I'm like, how does he have that third in there? Like, what is this dick throwing a fucking high hat in there? Like, how is he doing this? I mean, dude, <laughs> it's all, it's like his left foot and like, he's doing it. I've, I watched a breakdown of it. And like, let me tell you, I recently watched a breakdown of it and it is fucking insane what this guy has like put together in his head of how to drum a fucking song. This guy, this this guy is a fucking G and he can play a funk fucking rhythm and he can make it weird. And if I think Amy Winehouse singing in front of that kind of drum beat with fucking John Frusciante putting some fucking guitar licks on there and fucking Thundercat playing the bass guitar for this. All I need is Danger Mouse producing it, and I got a fucking, I got a fucking hit, baby. I got a Grammy right in the pocket. What a fucking list, dude. Um, Dante, wrap us out. You have a bass player you need. Yeah, this is this is gonna be my uh, weak link in my group, <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna go flea bass. Based solely on the reason that um, I watched the Woodstock 99 documentary on Netflix this week, and I saw way more of his dick than I ever wanted to see on this documentary. So Bigger than I thought it was going to be. I watched the same documentary. Uh, in his defense, uh, way bigger dick than I would expect on a little guy like him, but that's what I'm saying. Good for him. So you picked Flea based off the size of his dong. Yeah, pretty much. Absolutely. I, I, I you know what? I, and I respect the fucking shit out of Dante for doing it because. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, imagine if we played naked. <laughs> it wouldn't be a, not pretty, not pretty. A lot of bulk and not a lot of length. <laughs> Back there fucking hanging penis. That'd be interesting. Well, I mean, nothing can, they couldn't see me through my stuff. My favorite part of that documentary, Dante, I'm, I'm going to say, because I watched the same documentary and it was fucking fire, is, is them going out, like Red Hot Chili Peppers going out for their encore as fires are starting to burn and them playing Let Me Stay Next to Your Fire 
behind Jimi Hendrix. I thought that was like hysterical. So, so I forgot because Kiedis and those guys have kind of like evolved into mature, you know, like pretty respectable adults. Rockers. Are you trying to say adults? Yeah, but like back in the day, like, 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 uh, Point Break, Anthony Kiedis and Flea, like, they were bad motherfuckers who, like, were real fucking rock stars. And that was so on brand for them to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, t- we'll tone it down, guys. <laughs> Go up there and be like, fuck, fuck that. Let boy. me stand like, next to your fire. Like this shit up. Like, that was, I, I, I forgot that that's how they used to be. And watching that was just, like, shocking. They gave zero fucks. Zero. No, they didn't I'm- care. I'm looking at this list and there's there's no Hendrix. There's no I can't believe John Paul Jones didn't get picked because I really was gonna pick him for a base. I player. thought Dave would have for sure taken him. Um what happened, Dave? I needed He's uh, got nothing. I needed I needed Eric Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he needed a reggae guy. <laughs> yeah. All right, so final lineups here. Dante's band is Freddie Mercury slash Dave Grohl Flea. Pretty fucking sick band. Uh, Jimmy's is Thundercat, Amy Winehouse, John Frusciante, and Jason McAir. All right, now my band is Jimmy Page, John Bonham, Phil Lynott, and Pino Palladino. Like, go see that. Such band. a good band, though. And to wrap it all out, Dave's band is Tommy Lee, BB King, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Eric Wilson. I gotta say, I think I I got this one in the bag. This is gonna be one of those graphics that we put online, and people are gonna fucking rip us apart. And I'm gonna be so excited for it. You know, I didn't take that part into account. I'm sick of the internet. <laughs> That's not gonna stay be open on Friday. <laughs> wow. The 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 band that Dave put together is just is it is a comedy of, of errors, dude. I'm picturing the album cover photo shoot. <laughs> 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 just like. Tommy Lee sitting on BB King's lap while Eric Wilson just smokes a cigarette in the corner and Jerry Lee Lewis is like I mean here's here's the thing the there's so many musicians obviously like with the snake draft that we do that there's more typically a finite amount of things you can draft from so this is so open ended like I would have gone Steve Ray Vaughan first overall but what's the fun in that everybody says oh yeah Steve Ray Vaughan's awesome you know so I mixed it up a little bit it's important to keep the people guessing. So we're going <laughs> to yeah, yeah. put this out on Friday, so I'm very interested to see how that goes. But uh, I enjoyed that. I missed Green Room Picks. We haven't done it in quite a while. Uh, we can't do it for the next couple weeks because we have five fucking interviews next week that we're doing. Uh, well, only two over Zoom. One is OAR Dispatch and G-Love. Live yes, covering that. that's so going to be fun. Jimmy, are you coming with that? I want to. Yeah, I'm down. Jeez. The 18th? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, but yeah, we have two <laughs> that are going to be on this week or for next week. And there's a third in there as well. Possibly the return of our of our first guest ever. Um, which we'll Chris? Sure, Jim. I, I was trying to see if people knew their history, but yes, Chris Schiffler. Oh, um, my bad. I, I'm 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 a fan of the show, so I <laughs> you're fucking weird. Um but yeah, hopefully we get Kenny back at some point. Um, gentlemen, before we get into our interview, anything you guys want to say to me? Any anything you want to hit me with? Nothing. Nothing. The nightcast is Dave's falling asleep, literally falling asleep. 
I'm not falling asleep. I'm I'm <laughs> he's been I'm asleep for hours. <laughs> you're what here, what Dave? I'm just beyond I'm beyond tired, but I'm not asleep. I respect that. Dante, where are you? Hey, you're muted, Dante. You're right. muted. My my hotel in downtown St. Pete. Oh, how headed was hanging back, out with Gronk? Headed back to Cleveland. It was great, man. Um I was thinking about blogging this, but it would probably get me in a lot of trouble. Um, I am looking all over gambling sites right now for a book that has a line on him returning this year because I am going to hammer it. He He's coming back this year. Why do you say that? Uh, just little little clues that he gave, he gave away uh, the last two nights. He still refers to... The Bucks as we and us. And he's still training like a fucking maniac right now. Like he's eating clean. He's, I mean, he's ta- he was t- saying today he ran sprints all day. And I mean, like, why the fuck would you run sprints if you? I haven't touched a fucking weight since the day I finished playing baseball. I mean, lifting and jogging is one thing to like stay in shape, but running sprints, like unless... You have to do that. That is like fucking torture, physical and mental. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I would never. Do I would the, never. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to wait four to six weeks and he's going to wait until Brady calls him and, and tells me he has to come back and then he's going to come back. So, All you right. heard it here first. Take that with a grain of salt, everybody. Uh, if you want to follow Dante, yeah. hey, look, if anybody knows it's you, um, but yeah, like I said, we have a bunch of guests coming up. We have a bunch of content coming up. I can't wait for that show next week. I'm gonna battle G Love with harmonicas and sing songs with OA on dispatch. I'm gonna smack dispatch in the face. That's so awesome, by the way. Mark Mark is seriously the fucking the best. Yeah, he is. Listen, we've come a long goddamn way, boys. We're just getting started. Um, but yeah, that 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 video, Dante. We need to get that fucking backstage pass password for the uh, YouTube. For what? To put that fucking video up. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, Our guy is on it. Well, all right. Well, let's wrap it up this week. <laughs>